The finale of Secret Invasion from Marvel on Disney Plus has now come and gone. How was it? Let's talk about it, but first... Let us begin. Cheers, everybody. Welcome to Bruce Stilled. I'm your host, Brandon, and for the steps of the Bruce Stilled, I'll be recapping the finale of Marvel's Secret Invasion from Disney+. The finale's now come and gone, but it wasn't very good, and I'll talk more about that here in a few moments. But before I begin, though, what beer am I pairing for the steps of the Bruce Stilled and for the finale of Secret Invasion from Disney+. Plus? Well, that beer is called Clear Thinking from Pure Project Brewing in San Diego, California. Clear Thinking from Pure Project Brewing provides a bold take, making for a very nice West Coast-style double IPA, brewed in collaboration with Radiant Beer, who also won a 2022 Alpha King Challenge. Together, Pure Project and Radiant Beer experimented with new techniques to create clearer thinking. For a centrifuge, West Coast style double IPA. It has a nice sensory profile containing aromas of resin, dehydrated pineapple, and a grapefruit rind. There are also flavors of melon, dank, and apricot that are also rounded out by a nice clean bitter finish on the palate. Clearer thinking comes in a 16 ounce can with an 8.5% ABV. And also, the flavor is really good. It's very much a fine product from San Diego, which has a great craft beer scene. I really love the flavors in this beer, their fruity flavors, and in terms of how they come together and to make for a very nice, well-crafted craft beer that's also double West Coast-style IPA. And also, given the times we're in right now, and also from what we saw in Secret Invasion, clear thinking is definitely needed, because after the events of Secret Invasion, Nick Fury and the other characters that came out of that experience definitely need some clearer thinking as they go on to their next adventure, wherever they may be, in order to save the world, and also other worlds as well, outside of ours. So clearer thinking is something we all need right now, especially Fury and the fellow heroes from Secret Invasion, because in order to focus on your next adventure to save the world, such as Fury did in Secret Invasion, clearer thinking is definitely needed. It's now time for me to recap Marvel's Secret Invasion finale from Disney+. Plus. Just so you know, there will be spoilers. So if you've not seen Secret Invasion, and you want to watch the show, do not proceed forward, because there will be spoilers. Ready? Well, here we go. Okay, so here's a recap of the finale of Secret Invasion from Disney+. Plus, The final chapter of Nick Fury's solo series on Disney+, Plus for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The episode begins with Varro and Fury talking. At the very beginning of the episode, Fury has to meet with Gravik to give Gravik the Harvest DNA, which contains the DNA of members of the Avengers, including Captain Marvel. It's a very brief conversation, but nothing is what it seems, which we'll get to later. We then go back to the hospital, where the President of the United States is recovering at the hospital after the attack by Gravik and his men. The scroll version of Rhodes is with the President trying to persuade the President to launch an attack on Russia for the sake of advancing Gravik's agenda to take over the Earth by launching this fake war between Russia and the United States by using a false flag operation. There is a Navy officer in that room trying to convince Rhodes that maybe it's not what it seems, but Rhodes comes out on top by trying to convince the President to launch this attack on Russia in a Russian compound, which is also the location of Gravik space. At the same time, there's also a global standoff in the world, where Russia's mobilizing military forces on the borders of Sweden and Ukraine, which does mirror the events of the current world we live in right now by showing tension between the United States and Russia. And this episode really does show examples of that, but also in the MCU, as they also have their own events going on in the world, just like ours. Although fictional, it definitely does mirror the events we see in 
our world right now, especially with the war in Ukraine. There is then a phone call to Rhodes from Sonya, where Sonya calls Rhodes by telling Rhodes that Fury is on his way. Rhodes says it's not possible, that there's a lot of security there, and Sonya tells Rhodes that Fury has lost his mind, that he's determined to assassinate the president, and Rhodes must stop him. This then causes the scroll version of Rhodes to take action to take the president out of his room into a different floor of the hospital by also mobilizing the Secret Service. But also, it's part of a plan that Sonya and Fury have, as Sonya's already in the hospital watching everything take place. Fury then arrives at Gravik's compound for his meeting with Gravik and for the exchange of the Harvest DNA. It's a very unique scene because Fury seems weak because there's radiation at this compound and humans obviously cannot stand nor tolerate radiation given its poison effects. But also, Skrulls are immune to radiation. Fury then finds Gravik in the compound of the Skrulls and where Gravik and Fury talk about their history and we finally do learn why Gravik hates Fury so much. It actually turns out that Gravik once worked for Fury as a young Skrull working as a spy for Fury. And also, Fury doesn't seem to remember Gravik's work for Fury, further showing why Gravik hated Fury for a very long time. Gravik tells Fury that he had to kill a man many years ago and assumed his identity. Gravik further tells Fury that he really felt remorse over killing that man, and I definitely think it shows that Gravik really was never evil to begin with, that he was made to be evil. Being a bad guy was not something Gravik wanted to do. I think he was made to be that way, given the fact that he felt wronged and betrayed by Fury, because based on what Gravik is telling Fury, he once believed in Fury, he wanted to help Fury, but he felt that Fury didn't value Gravik, making Gravik the man he is in this episode, and why Gravik became such a major villain, and also leader of the hostile Skrulls, against Nick Fury. Fury doesn't seem to remember Gravik at all, and the work that Gravik did, further angering Gravik, and Gravik in the scene is really emotional, and also seems to express guilt over his past work for Fury, and by having to kill a man who had a family, and having to assume his identity. I definitely think this shows a lot of potential for Gravik to be a sympathetic character, even though he's gone too far in this series by all the things he has done, but he does seem to have an expression of empathy in this scene, and also guilt for his past actions, that Gravik was never an evil guy to begin with, he was just made to be that way, and Fury's actions didn't help at all. I definitely felt different about Gravik in the scene, because we see a different side of him, and his character. But also, he is a villain, he did bad things in the series, but he wasn't always that way. It's after Gravik's talk with Fury, where Fury hands over to Viral, containing the Avengers DNA over to Gravik, and Gravik takes it over to a machine to verify its authenticity. Gravik gets a confirmation that the Viral DNA is indeed real, by seeing names on the screen containing names such as Captain America, Falcon, Gamora, and other Marvel characters, including Captain Marvel, whose DNA is and is Viral, giving Gravik what he wants from Fury in order to advance the Super Scrolls program, but also, not as all as what it seems. It turns out that Fury isn't Fury in the scene, as it instead is Gaia disguised as Fury, with the real Fury being back in London at the hospital with Sonya to rescue the President of the United States. Gravik finds out this the hard way when he activates the machine to advance himself to be even more of a Super Scroll, only to see that's Gaia disguised as Fury. Gravik learns this when he tries to kill Fury, only to see Fury fight back. They now find themselves outside, and Fury morphs back into Gaia. Gaia confronts Gravik about how he killed Talos, her father, and other Skrulls she was friends with. This definitely confirms that Fury needed Gaia to help stop Gravik, so they definitely made an alliance to join together to stop Gravik, and also to allow Gaia to avenge her father's death. They get into a major fight, showing a lot of powers of the Avengers, as they now share the same DNA, especially Captain Marvel. It's not the most exciting 
fight scene is more of an Easter egg filled fight scene showing different forms of the Avengers with Gravik and Gaia as he fight it out in their last battle. Eventually in the fight, Gaia kills Gravik by using the right power at the right moment to eliminate Gravik and his threat. The entire scene in my view is very anticlimactic. It could have been better and also wasn't very much one of the better parts of the finale. It definitely could have been better than it was, but unfortunately that's what we got in this finale. Between the final encounter between Gaia and Gravik, it would have been nice to see Fury involved in this, but Fury needed Gaia at the same time to help stop Gravik, but it would have been nice to see Fury there for the final confrontation. The episode then goes back to London and that standoff between Sonya, Fury, and the scroll version of Rhodes, who by now is holding the president hostage as he tries to gain control over the president in order for the president to attack Russia. After a brief moment, Fury shoots and kills Rhodes, who then is revealed as a Skrull to the president. The president of the United States now knows that Rhodes was a Skrull and he calls off the attack on Russia, saving the world at the very last minute. But also, just like the final scene between Gaia and Gravik, this was also very anticlimactic and also could have been done much better. It just wasn't very good in my view and also one of the more negative parts of the finale and probably even places the series in a very dark cloud, and also the very wrong moment, given this was the very last episode. We then see the aftermath of after the events in London and the death of Gravik, we do see Gaia and members of the US military rescue the hostages that Gravik had, who is using them to make his scrolls, and where the real Rhodes, we finally get confirmation that Rhodes was indeed being held hostage, we do see the real Rhodes get rescued, confirming that Rhodes wasn't a bad guy, he was just being held hostage, while another scroll was pretending to be him. We then see the aftermath of the events of the secret invasion in where the President of the United States addresses the nation by saying he's going to be hunting down the scrolls, hiding as humans, but it also does have very negative consequences because vigilantes all around the world are now killing random people because they think they're a scroll. Some are scrolls and some are not, but also they're killing the scrolls who want to help the humans. Fury has a final talk with Vara by telling Vara where to find him if Vara is willing to forgive Fury. Fury then leaves, going to separate ways. Sonya then recruits Gaia to help Sonya build a team to help rebuild the Earth in the aftermath of the secret invasion. At first, Gaia is skeptical because Gaia believes if she works with Sonya, she'll probably die like her father Talos did when he was working with Fury. But Sonya is able to convince Gaia that their connection would not be a friendship and instead will be a partnership for the greater good. And this convinces Gaia to join Sonya as part of a new team. And I do wonder, can we see Gaia and Sonya as the next dynamic duo in the MCU? Going back to Fury, Fury has a phone call with the President of the United States due to the aftermath of violence on Earth from vigilantes killing people accused of being scrolls. Fury does criticize the President for his comments that led to such actions around the world by saying it's one-term presidential material. The President doesn't relent, unfortunately, and says he made the right call, but Fury does not agree with the President one bit on this and decides to leave Earth once again. Fury goes to an abandoned field in the middle of nowhere. Vara joins him. She does shift back to her scrawl form and her and Fury come to an agreement to go back to outer space to find solutions for the scrolls, such as finding them a new home as you do learn that a war the scrolls are involved in is coming to an end that might lead a new hope for the scrolls and a new home somewhere out in outer space. Fury then joined by Vara walk into the spacecraft to depart into outer space to new worlds and new adventures and that's how the episode ends along with Secret Invasion. So overall the finale wasn't very good. 
I didn't like the finale. I felt it was too rushed. And also, I didn't feel that all the storylines were truly resolved. It just seemed they were trying to rush through it, get it done, and also wasn't long enough. And also very anticlimactic. It could have been more exciting, more dramatic, and more emotional, but it was just way too rushed and too fast-paced. I mean, this was a very decent series at best, but also the finale just wasn't very good, and it almost ruins the entire series, to be honest. I mean, this was supposed to be Fury's final adventure into the MCU, and and the way it ended even really wasn't that good as well. I mean, what's next for Fury in the MCU? This was supposed to be his final adventure, and I just can't think of him doing something much bigger than this. So overall, the series was almost decent at best, but given this finale and how it went, I mean, a very crappy finale to be honest. And it definitely makes me wonder about the future of the MCU and where it's going because since Avengers Endgame, the MCU has been really challenging in terms of great content. I mean, WandaVision, Falcon the Winter Soldier, Loki were all great shows for the MCU. For movies, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness was a good movie, but beyond that, the MCU really hasn't produced great content. I mean, Hawkeye was good, but going back to the rest that's been coming out since the end of Avengers Endgame for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it really hasn't been that great quality in terms of movies and TV shows and other Marvel content. And after seeing the series Secret Invasion, which is very hyped up, but decent at best, and also the very crappy finale, it just makes me wonder, is the MCU so relevant in today's world, in a post-COVID world? That theory remains to be seen, but I definitely don't think there's a lot of confidence in the future of the MCU. The very next show I'll talk about for the MCU here in Brustilled will be Loki when it comes back out in October, which I hope is really good. I mean, Loki Season 1 has been so far the best show in the MCU since the events of Endgame. I mean, Loki is the MCU right now. They better do well with Loki Season 2. I definitely think it's going to be good because Loki is a very popular character. He's my favorite guy right now in the MCU. He's pretty much the mascot of the Bruce Hill podcast if you think about it because Loki played a big role and influence in this podcast. So I can't wait to see what happens with Loki Season 2 in October because after this show, Secret Invasion, the MCU needs a major comeback because right now Secret Invasion wasn't that comeback as it wasn't a show that was hyped up to be. Decent at best, it was good, but by far not great. And the finale? Well, like I mentioned earlier, it was really crappy. So hopefully Loki in October could bring some redeeming value that the MCU needs right now, and it needs it badly. With that being said, here are my questions from the finale in regards to what might come after Secret Invasion. My first one is, how long was Rhodes a Skrull for? There is yet to be a definitive answer on this, but I found a theory on the internet that says that Rhodes might have been a Skrull since the events of Captain America's Civil War. If that's true, that there leaves a dark cloud over Rhodes' storyline in the MCU because the real Rhodes was never involved in the events for Avengers Infinity War and the events of Endgame and what came afterwards, meaning he doesn't know that Tony Stark died. So, if Rhodes was a Skrull since the events of Captain America Civil War, that there could pretty much leave a very dark cloud over the MCU because he's a critical character and for the real Rhodes, to miss out on those events isn't good. So hopefully that theory isn't wrong, but I do wonder how long was Rhodes a Skrull for and just how did he get kidnapped from the very beginning. There was theories on this, but also no definitive 
of answers. Personally, I just hope it hasn't been since the events of Captain America Civil War, because if it was, it's definitely not a good look for the MCU. From other one, that is, is Sonya the next Fury? That there's an intriguing possibility because Sonya really did have some Fury qualities in this series, and maybe she could pick up where Fury left off by taking Fury's place on planet Earth now that Fury's back in outer space, and maybe Sonya and Gaia could team up for the MCU for future projects. Now, after the series and how it got received very poorly, that might put the brakes on the Sonya and Gaia duo in the MCU, but anything's possible, and I like the character of Sonya and Gaia, and I definitely do think there should be a future for them in the MCU. And also, Fury will never know why Gravik hated him, because it was Gaia posing as Fury in her final battle, and the real Fury never heard why Gravik hated him so much. That there's something I also don't like about this series, and that is, Fury never really knew the answer why Gravik hated him so much. And that there's not a good thing for the series, because Fury had to know. Now, Fury knew he was responsible for the Skrull invasion on Earth, Daz's past actions and decision-making led to this moment, but he never knew why Gravik hated him so much, and he should have. And also, the war isn't over. I mean, after the episode ended, the President of the United States declared war on the Skrulls who were already on Earth, and those were seen that done through vigilante justice by supporters of the President. So the war isn't over after the end of the series. It's just being waged in a whole new way, and also one that's very dangerous. And the most alarming part about this is that Fury at the end of the episode and the finale leaves Earth, leaving a war behind on Earth being waged by humans and the Skrulls in order to find solutions somewhere else for the Skrulls. It just seems that Fury knows his time on Earth has passed, and his future is somewhere else in the galaxy, but leaving behind the war on Earth really isn't a good look for Fury, even though he probably has a solution in mind by finding a better place for the Skrulls, which it appears he has a lead for. But also, leaving the war behind? That's not a good idea. For another thought on this, while if Fury leaves Earth behind, with this war going on on Earth between the Skrulls and human vigilantes, there is a question what the Avengers would do about this because Avengers such as Hawkeye, Falcon, Bucky, along with Ant-Man are examples of Avengers on Earth who will see this war play out, making me question, what would they think about this? Will they get involved and help stop the war between the Skrulls and human vigilantes to help bring about peace between both sides? That there alone is a story that could be told in the MCU. It probably won't be told by a story from other members of the Avengers, but it could be a major plotline for the Marvel's movie coming out in November. But definitely this story between the humans and the Skrulls fighting amongst themselves on Earth after Fury leaves definitely needs to be resolved. I just can't see it playing out without a resolution in the MCU. There's also the absence of members of the Avengers in this series, even though it definitely was Fury's quest to complete on his own. But the absence of the Avengers is definitely felt in the series, and I thought we were going to get surprise cameos in this series from probably one or two members of the Avengers, which never occurred. I thought Captain Marvel would appear in the finale, who I saw as most likely cameo for this series. There is also theory that maybe Rhodes would appear as War Machine, but for the most part of the series, Rhodes was a Skrull, with the real Rhodes being held hostage in Gravik's compound. So the absence of Avengers in this series, through surprise cameos, was also noticed, and also one of the more negative parts of this series. Now, Fury will return into Marvels coming out in November as his next project and adventure in the MCU, and I could see the events of Secret Invasion playing a key role in that film by helping the Skrulls find a new place to live, and might follow up from the events on Earth with the war between the Skrulls and the humans. I definitely hope so, because we need closure from the events in this series, because right now there isn't closure as the series was good at best, but also the very bad finale and 
and a bad way to end a series. But for now, Secret Invasion is over. What comes next to Fury will be seen in a Marvel's film coming out in November. And I'll be sure to recap that because we definitely need closure from a good series that had a very bad ending. But for now, that is where I'll leave it. And that should do it for me in this episode of Bruce Stilled. Please do tell your friends and family about this podcast, and please rate this podcast on your desired podcast directory, as feedback is always appreciated. Also, do check out this podcast over on Instagram at Bruce Stilled Podcast over on Instagram. Do stay tuned for the next show I'll recap, which will be the third season of Only Murders in the Building from Hulu, along with NFL coverage, guest interviews, and other topics of interest that all have their own unique beverage pairing. Do enjoy some good craft beer, bourbon, whiskey, and December months. I'm Harold Brandon. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you next time. And until then, be brewed and be distilled, folks. Cheers. Uh-huh.